Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website, brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. Good. I've been really looking forward to, to this all week, and it's one of those weird mornings where I have no idea what I'm going to say. I mean, I have a sermon prepared, but I have no idea what I'm actually going to say because I'm just really feeling like just just talking with you guys this morning. Um, is that all right? Okay. It'd be hard to, uh, we may have to get more lights on or something. I'm telling you, you guys know I thrive off your energy. Okay? There are, you guys are going to have to give extra energy this morning to make up for those of us that aren't here this morning. All right? You know what I need is like... Charlie and Carla, here, we're going to do an experiment right now. This is about um, human beings' resistance to change. Watch what happens. Would you guys come and sit at this table instead? I want to be able to, like, because I, I can always look to Charlie and Carla when I'm preaching, and, and they're, they're making good eye contact. So if you guys are closer, it's going to feel like, oh, I'm just going to feed off of this energy. But do you see how uncomfortable everybody gets when I start asking to move. Isn't that interesting? You know, if I were to ask us all to stand up and just to switch spots, see how uncomfortable you are right now? And we haven't even done it? There's a sermon in that right there. Okay, we resist change, uh, and I'm, I'm no different. You know what I mean? The minute, the minute people start telling me, put your hands up, I'm like, Psh. <laughs> you, know, you put your hands up. I bought, you know... I paid to be here like everybody else. You dance. <laughs> my family's not here this morning. My kids are not here, which is why there are so many extra donuts. You're welcome. Uh, no, I don't, they're not here. Um, Jeremiah's at youth camp, and so we, that's why we didn't have him on the base. And um, Siobhan and Noble, who I can usually always count on to be right here. Um, they went to pick him up. We miss him like crazy. He's been gone for a few days. How weird is it? I know anybody tell him this, but I'm really happy that uh, Jeremiah is to the age now where I actually miss him when he's not around. Is that awful to say? I mean, I always miss my wife when I'm apart from her, Noble, the dogs. Jeremiah's been a tough kid, he, probably because he's a lot like me. And he's finally getting to be really cool to be around. And so this week, uh, I took him to a baseball game, and um, we, we, I've taken him golfing a couple times. He's getting good, and, you know, he's like a little man now, and he's probably, they're probably watching in the car. I love you guys. <laughs> it's a good thing, you know. I mean, I'm really excited about it. He's, uh, this year, um, what with us doing foster care and whatnot. I mean, the stuff that we went through in the last year, you guys. I mean, I, I get up here every week and I, you know, I try to give you something that will uh, build you up, right? That'll inspire you, that'll give you hope and uh, faith, you know, the things that we all need. But, but it's been a tough year for the Janes. I mean, it really has. And you know what? I, I feel like Jeremiah has really thrived. He's really like stepped up and he's matured and um, really proud of that kid. That's just me bragging as a parent. It has nothing to do with anything else, but, but they're not here, and I miss them. But, uh, you know, this last week, um, I got asked to, I mentioned this before, I got asked to do a 
kind of a motivational speech for uh, the eighth grade graduation, right? No, you were, you were gone last week, so you missed it. So I'll just tell, tell Ron, and you're not on Facebook, so you have no idea. How many of you guys saw the video that I put up of like the five things I would tell myself? Hands up just so I know, because I don't want to like be re too redundant. None of you guys, and you haven't, but some of you guys have. All right. So um, basically what happened was, you know, I, I got asked to do this. Um, I really got into it, and, and it, it, was, it ended up going really, really well. And it was like for the entire school and staff, not just the graduating class. It was everybody and their parents. It was like a thousand people. And um, I was terrified. <laughs> I was so scared that I forgot to have somebody record it live. And so that video I made was like, while I still had it fresh in my mind, I wanted to, to capture it because I thought it was good advice. But just for Rhonda and for those of you who didn't see it, I'll give just a recap. Um, basically, I, I told the eighth grade, it was like, you know, um, I wasn't, I didn't want to like just go in and give them like rah, rah, like everything's going to be, you can do it. You're going to be the best and you can, all your dreams are going to come true. And you know what I mean? Because that would have just been like, I mean, you'd have like heard their eyeballs snapping as they were like rolling them. I mean, it, it would have been <laughs> just eyeballs snapping. Uh, yeah. Um, so I didn't go that route. Instead, I didn't even really preach at them or anything like that. I, instead, I just uh, shared with them what I wish I could go back and tell myself at that age. Do you know what I mean? If, if, if Chris Jane at 37 years of age, I'm going to be 38 this year, guys, so I'm, I'm old now. I know a, I got some wisdom now. A few gray hairs now. I've learned a thing or two. Now I can pass all my wisdom on down. Uh, at 30... <laughs> If I could tell, if I could go back right now through time travel or whatever, let's not think about the science of it. Let's just say I could do it, all right? And I can go back and tell Chris Jane at like 15, right before he starts high school, 13, four, whatever it is, as a kid, what would I say to him? And so I came up with just five things, and I told the kids, like, listen, you can just ignore all this completely. It's not going to matter. You're still going to go to lunch after this. Like, you know, don't worry about it. But these, this is what I would tell myself. And the first one was, Surround yourself with the right people. Because I, I really, a wise person said that you become the average of the five people you spend the most time around, right? I believe that. And so when you surround yourself with people that are better than you, your average comes up. Like, you get better. You surround yourself with people that bring you down. I mean, how many know what that's like? And unfortunately, we live that way. We just live that way for years and years and decades as though we don't have a choice. Isn't it, isn't it weird how many people, I mean, I don't want to put anything on you. I don't want to project on you, but just close your eyes for one second here. We're all going to do it. Think about people in your life who, who bring you down and have been bringing you down for years and years and years. Okay, just think, how many of those people are you letting into your life? Too many, probably. Um, because it's a choice. We don't have to allow that. We get to set the boundaries in our life, and we get to decide who gets our time, who gets our attention, who gets our energy. Um, and, and uh, uh oh, lost connection. Let's try again, gang. And uh, unfortunately, though, we, we spend a lot of years just assuming that we need to be 
like that we don't have a choice in the matter about who we're around and stuff. I mean, I get that like you have jobs and so you can't pick your coworkers all the time. You can't pick your family members, but how, how many of you guys know that in this day and age, you kind of can. I mean, you can choose who gets your attention, who gets your time. Um, and so, you know, for some of you guys, it, it may just be, um, I hope this thing is working. I don't know if it is. For some of you guys, it might just be surround yourself with better people. The second thing was um, your competition is out there practicing. You know, I wanted these kids to understand that, like, you know how when you're a kid, they're like, you can be the president. You know, <laughs> it's like we're all going to be the president. Uh, when you're a kid, they tell you, you know, you can do anything and all this stuff. I wanted them to know, like, that's true, but it isn't just going to happen, right? You're just not going to be the best. You're not going to be uh, a, a pro at, at whatever it is you're into just by wanting it. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you got to actually get out there and do the work. So I told them, if they're willing to, to be out there putting in the work while everyone else is playing Fortnite, they can, they can do it. Because that's what everybody's doing these days. They're just playing video games and hoping that they're either going to become a professional video game player or you know, that they're going to, uh, um, it'll just happen for them. So anyway, that was the second one. The third one, because I told them, like, somebody else is out there, whatever it is you want to do, somebody else is out there and they want it more than you do, and they're practicing right now getting better. So number three was don't waste time. It's the most precious thing there is, okay? And by the time you're old enough to realize that time isn't unlimited, you know, you figure out, oh, I've wasted too much of this already. You know, so, so don't waste time. Um, Number four was pay your future self first and start right now. I, I think people don't, we don't learn about money until it's too late for a lot of us to where, you know, by the time you get to be my age, it feels like you're way behind the clock. And like if they just started when they were, uh, let's try this again. Um, if they had just started when they were in high school, all oh, the numbers look so much better. So I said, always pay your future self first, meaning... Every little bit, yeah, I, I told these kids, listen, you're going to make a ton of money in life. It doesn't feel that way because it comes in in just very, very small amounts, right? Just a little bit at a time. But, there, you know, you are going to make a lot of money. If you'll just save as much of it as possible and start looking for places where you can invest it so it starts giving you a little, a little drip, that's how you get to retire early. That's why, how you get to retire while you're still young enough to enjoy it, right? But... Uh, Number five was um, everybody else is just as scared as you, right? Everybody else is just as scared as, as, as you were. You know what I mean? You, you don't realize that everybody thinks they're going through this all alone and nobody else could possibly feel how they do. But, you know, I told them, don't even worry about it. Like, right now you're worried about high school. You're scared about, like, are, are the kids going to be nice to me? And then the high school kids, they're worried about college, and college kids are worried about the real world. You know what I mean? And that when you finally get to be a, a grown-up in the real world, you realize, like, everybody's still just scared of, like, losing what they have. They're scared of, um, you know, missing out on, on what everybody else is doing. It's, so I told them, don't let it slow you down. Don't let it stop you from trying the things you want to try. Because I think I, I just spent way too much. I let too many opportunities go by where I thought I could have been good at something or I would have liked to have tried something, but I was too scared of what other people would say or think. And so, you, like, you just hang back. You don't try it. You just kind of keep quiet. Nobody knows. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? Is there one person who could, I, all right, thank you, who can relate? 
if I have to start yelling, I will yell. Okay. Um, but, you know, the most important thing I told him was this. I said, if, you know, forget all of that stuff. If you're just kind to people and if you're just helpful to people and you're respectful to people, you make life better for all of us around you. So just, you know, be kind. Be helpful. Be respectful. This is what I've been telling Jeremiah since he was a kid. He hates it. He's always hated it. Every day I'm like, Jeremiah, be kind, be helpful, be respectful. You got this. Go get them. Oh, kids hate it. But I'm telling you, like if you boil it all down, just don't, don't be a jerk. Just be kind. And like life will be, life will be better for all of us. It'll be better for you. You'll go along. You'll get along. It's going to be great. I told him, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're going to be great. But it got me to thinking uh, about... Um, you know, well, if I had that opportunity to tell myself some things at that age, well, what about some other times I would have liked to have tell, you know, if I could go back and stop myself from saying that stupid thing or, you know, from falling into that trap or this, you know, whatever it was. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, like, you know, what if I could go back to right before I got married? What, what would I tell myself about my marriage? You know what I mean? I've been married now 15 years. All right. Guess you guys all have been married way longer. Congrats on your, on your perfect long marriages. Uh, you guys are tough today. 15 years? Pfft. Talk to me when it's 40 years. Um, you know, oh my gosh, you know how good of a husband I could be right now if I could just like go back and tell myself some things, you know, like, hey, Siobhan is not a morning person or a night person. Don't try to make her be that. She has a sweet spot. It's in the middle of the day. Okay? Don't expect her to be a morning person or a night person. Don't tell her because she's not here. Don't tell her I said any of this. No, but you know what's great about her? Her sweet spot is in the middle of the day. Like when I'm getting groggy and grumpy and in the afternoon, she's running strong. So all the, the most important part of the day, the part that interacts with other people, she's awesome. That's her sweet spot. I'm like a, a great in the morning, great at night, lousy during the day. Anyway. Uh, so, <laughs> so I thought about, uh, you know, what things I would tell myself before I got married. But I also thought, you know, what about uh, when I got saved? You know, which was kind of right about the same time. You know, I got saved just before I got married. And, I mean, I was raised in the church, but saved, saved, you know, like saved with a D and a period on the end of it, you know, done, the last time, right? Um, and I thought about what I would maybe say to myself as a new believer, you know, because, man, over the years, we've taken, a, we've taken our lumps in the church, you know, we've been thrown out of nicer places than this, you know, we've been, uh, we've been hurt and um, kind of kicked around a little bit, we've been mistreated, you know, we've been disrespected, we've been insulted, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens over the years in the church. <laughs> Jerry, none of it was from you. Don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty. I'm just saying over the last, you know, 15 years or so of being in the church, working in the church, just doing church with people, different places, I mean, stuff just happens. And, I, and you know, sometimes you, you kind of forget what's important or you you wonder about some things. And, and so I just thought, man, I wonder if I could, where would my walk with the Lord be if I could go back and tell myself some stuff 
you know, some stuff right now, if I could, you know, um, if I could go back. And I don't know, I mean, this isn't an exhaustive list. I came up with just a handful of things that I would wish I could go back and say to myself right when I became a follower of Christ. But you, you might have other things. I mean, what would you say? You know, what, what kind of things do you wish you had known? You know, what, um, what do you wish all new believers would know? What do you think that, that if we just knew a few things, would it make the church stronger? You know, would it make the church uh, more effective in its, in its mission? I mean, we got a mission here. If you're new, if you're a guest here, welcome. I mean, I, I really mean this. Uh, thank you so much to everybody in this room, guest or not. Every single week, you have to make a fresh decision to come and be here with us or not. I have to make that same decision. Am I going to show up? Um, and that doesn't mean like, you know, I'm saved this week because I showed up and next week I won't be saved because I don't show up or whatever. It's not about that. But I just appreciate the fact that you guys made a choice to take a chunk out of your week. And I know how precious time is. And, and to come here and to sit and reflect on the goodness of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God. I can't think of anything more important. And so I just, I salute you and I, I thank you that you that you do that. And because um, um, I think no matter what you believe or, or what you think, I think we've got way more in common than we do different, you know? And so you're welcome here. You're loved here. And um, I, I want this to be a place where you feel good about bringing people who need that same space, who need that space to contemplate and, and think about life and, and what's important. And so that's what this space is. We are a community that is endeavoring to follow the person of Christ. We want to follow the teachings of Christ. That's what we're, we're here for. That's what this space is for. I think you're going to find out real quick that we love Jesus. Um, you know, I think he's the savior of the world. I wouldn't be here without him. Um, he's transformed my heart and my life, and uh, um, I just would love it for everyone I come in contact with to experience that same love and grace that I've experienced, and that's it, and that's what we're here for. Our, our mission is to love God, love people, and make disciples. Our vision is to see Macosta, Osceola Lake, and Nuego counties discipled with the with the with the word of Jesus Christ and to see the nations um, evangelized through the students at, at Ferris State. So that's who we are. It's part of who we are. And so welcome. I'm, I'm glad you're here. Um, we're going to be in uh, Romans 11 pretty soon. If you've got your Bibles, if you don't, we'll put it up. But um, let's see what we got here. Heyo. Okay. I got I got power now. Okay. So the uh, idea of the day is the five things I would tell myself, okay? All right. Yeah, I just, you know, I I wonder and I'd love to hear from you guys afterwards. What would you say? You know, cuz I'm going to give you my five, but uh, I'd love to know what you would say if you could go back and talk to yourself right before 
you gave your life to the Lord. Or on that first day, you know, if someone just said, okay, congratulations on the best decision you're ever going to make. Now, here's a few things you're going to need to know. <laughs> what would you say? What, what do you wish someone would have pulled you aside and told you? Let's read God's Word. Would you stand for the, for the to, let's honor God's Word this morning as, as we, we read it and pray together. I'm going to read it for you. I want you to just soak this. Uh, Romans 11, 33 says this. Who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depth of His wisdom, and the marvel of His perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of His decisions or search out the mysterious way He carries out His plans? Father, you're amazing, and we, we love you. Father, we're here just to, to lift up your name. Um, we want to praise you and thank you for all, everything that you've created, Father. We glorify you. We, we thank you for that you make us new, that you make everything new. Father, I thank you that all of creation um, is just reflecting your glory. We thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for... Especially this week, I thank you for those halo top ice creams with only like very few carbs and just a little bit of calories. I thank you, Father, for scientists. That just, Father, give them the secret to zero carb ice cream. I love it. Thank you, Father. Thank you for helping the Tigers win and break their losing streak. And Father, I just pray that every, every time I preach the wonderful mystery of the hope-filled gospel, that your revelation would be released. Father, have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And I apologize for um, the slow internet to, to those who are watching. Yeah, you guys can sit down. Um, hmm. So, let's... You know, I'm going to start here. You know, probably, honestly, each of these points that I had probably could be its own sermon. And so, and there's some of these things we are going to go into a little bit deeper in the future. But, you know, for the next few minutes here, I'm just going to, uh, I just want to share with you the, the five things I would tell myself, kind of what I would think about them. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe you'll get something out of it. Maybe it's something you would, um, you would use for yourself, so... Oh, I did have it on the screen for you. Okay. Number one, can everybody see that okay? Number one thing I would tell myself as a new believer, there are going to be things that you will never understand about God, and that's okay. I mean, eternity, no beginning, no end. I mean, you guys all look like, oh, yeah, I got that. Eternal. No problem. No beginning, no end. I don't even know how this microphone works. None of you know. None of you have ever known how this microphone even works. And you're sitting here like, yeah, God, I got it. None of us have ever known. I went to school for music and business. I took a music technology class, and I can barely tell you how this microphone works. And even the, you know, the, even the explanation I would give you is like, I don't really understand how it works. Sound waves and then travels down the cord. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry to turn this into a TED Talk, you know. But I mean, there's just stuff we just don't know anything about. It's like if I had to give my best guess, it'd be like, well, 
you know, I guess the sound drifts across this cage, and the mic's like, get in here! And then it's just, you know, down through the sound hose, and blah! That's my best guess, and I'm 37 years old. All right? How do airplanes work? None of us know. I mean, I could kind of know about lift and like this and that, but, but come on. A Boeing 747 with all of us and all our stuff just hurtling through the air, and we're just like, yeah. There's just stuff we don't know, and we'll never know. Even my hero, Paul, the greatest scholar, the greatest uh, theologian to ever put ink to paper, gave us over two-thirds of the like, amazing teaching in the New Testament. Even he w- just shrugged his shoulders and said, who can know the ways of God? And, and we got people acting like they've got him figured out. I'm telling you guys, this is what I wish you would know. You will hear a little bit of really good teaching in your walk with the Lord, and you'll hear a little bit of really bad teaching, and then you'll hear just a bunch of stuff in the middle. Nobody has it all figured out. I do not, I promise you. Okay, I'm the first one to do a disclaimer. I, I do not have perfect theology. I don't know anyone with perfect theology. I'm just getting closer each day, getting a little better. And that's it. That's true. Okay? And that's why I recommend, no matter what you hear, what you're told, search it out. Don't take my word for it or somebody like me. Search out. See if these things that we're saying are true. Check with other people. Check with your spirit. Pray about it. Because it's just... There's so much. I have a hard enough time just with the things I do understand. Okay? You could spend your whole life wrestling with the, with the rest. I'm just saying, it's okay. It's all right. You don't have to have it all figured out. You're welcome. You're welcome. One person in this church recognizes good preaching when they hear it. God, help them. It's not gonna, don't worry, it's not going to stop me. I feel good up here this morning, so, you know, I'm going to share these things as though I was, it was an audience of, of one. I'm just, I'm talking to myself here. Oh my gosh, and I think I had a scripture for it. Yeah, okay, so this was the, the, the verse I opened with. Who could ever wrap their minds around the riches of God, the depths of His wisdom, and the marvel of His perfect knowledge? Who could ever explain the wonder of His decisions or search out the mysterious way He carries out His plans? Now He gets like almost sarcastic on you. For who has discovered how the Lord thinks or is wise enough to be the one to advise him in his plans? Chirp, 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 chirp. Everybody's chirping, but nobody is advising God. So don't, don't think that, you know, all that advice I've been giving him all these years, he's yet to really decide to, to, to hire me on as an advisor. Or who has ever first given something to God that obligates God to owe him something in return? How crazy does that sound? Nobody's ever given anything to God first. All right, so, you know, we've got to just drop that attitude. And it says, and because God is the source and sustainer of everything, everything finds fulfillment in him. May all praise and honor be given to him forever. Amen. I love that part. He just wraps it up. The other, the one you're probably used to hearing is, and from him and through him and to him, right, are all things. From him, through him, to him. That means... Everything in creation only exists because it comes out of him, okay? Everything that is going on 
is happening through him, okay? And it all finds its fulfillment in him. Amen. Amen. That's a good word, preacher. Good preaching. Uh, Number two, there are going to be times, and these are in no particular order, there are going to be times when you don't even feel saved. That's normal. How many of you have ever questioned your salvation after you said the, like, you know, declared with your mouth, believed in your heart? How many have, have ever questioned their salvation? I'm not judging you, I, I just, just so that everyone else can look around. Okay, everybody look around. If you've never questioned your salvation, you keep your hand down. But if you've ever questioned it, okay, the ones, look around, the ones who have never questioned, okay, oh good, shoot, I was going to say, we can go to them for answers. Um, okay, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I remember all the time as a kid, especially, um, Gabe and I, my brother Gabe and I, we would go to our parents, we'd say, yeah, but how do you, how do you know that you're saved? And they'd be like, well, you know, you, you this and that, and this is how you know, and we'd be like, oh, okay, cool, cool. But how do you, just one more thing, how do you really know, though? Right? Anybody else wonder about it? And then, I mean, and that was as a kid. As an adult, sure. Many times, many times have I been like, I don't think a Christian would have said that. You know what I mean? If I was really saved, I don't know if I would be feeling this way. You know? I'm supposed to be your spiritual leader. I'm, I'm supposed to be a pastor. His holiness, the right reverend, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm telling you, I struggle with stuff just like everybody else, okay? I just have a microphone strapped to my face that I have no idea how it works. It just works. It just works every single time. Um, it's gonna, it, it happens. You know what I mean? It, it really, it, it wasn't until I started to understand grace that those questions went away. And that doesn't have anything to do with you. you, you it's your journey. You've you got to make your way through it. But I will just say a few things to you about this because what really helped me was the, was the idea that it's not about, um, I just don't know how to work this thing, I guess. It isn't about how you feel, okay? Let's see what the Word of God says about it. Okay, this is John 5.25, or 5.24, I think, and 25. It says, I speak to you in eternal truth. If you embrace my message and believe in the one who sent me, you will never face condemnation. For in me, you've already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's Jesus speaking. All right, he says, if you embrace my message. How many in here have embraced the message of Jesus? Just quick show of hands. I want to see every hand that has embraced the message of Jesus. Okay, good. And... uh, believed in the one who, who, who sent him. How many of you believe in God? Okay, that's it. It says you'll never face condemnation. It doesn't say you might not or maybe you won't. It just says you won't face condemnation. That's it. Period. At the end of that sentence. It says that you've already passed from death into life. So that's, that's taken care of. There's other things, but that's taken care of. Your salvation is sure. 
I got one more for you. Romans 10. I could just live in the book of Romans. I could live in Romans chapter 10 this week. I swear I could. I could camp out in Romans chapter 10 and just, that'd be my address. Where's Chris? Oh, yeah, you've got to go to his new place. It's Romans 10. You know, it's like Romans 8, 9. It's the next one on the left there. It's Romans 10. He lives there now. I don't know what he's doing. I'm telling you, I could just camp out in this book, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, it says this, Romans 10, verses 9 through 11. It says, if you, this is, this is talking about us, if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, everybody say, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Do you, do you believe that? It says you will experience salvation. It's a guarantee. The heart that believes in him receives the gift. It's a gift. It's free. You didn't earn it. You're never going to earn it. That's grace. The gift of the righteousness of God, not the gift of the righteousness of Mike, not the gift of Chris's righteousness. Okay, we get a free gift. We get God. Okay, here's my righteousness. It's about that size. And then this is all of God's righteousness, right? And he's just like, oh, we're just going to take this and put it there. We don't need this because it's useless. It's, it's nothing. And here you go, my righteousness. Y'all, you aren't even listening. All right, it, this one goes on and it says this. It says, the mouth gives thanks to salvation. Uh, it says, the heart receives the gift of the righteousness of God. The mouth gives thanks unto salvation. Then it goes on and says this, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. Salvation is based on fact, not a feeling. It's not about what you say. It's not about what I say. It's what does the Word of God say. All right. Number three. You're going to do a lot of volunteering and serving and working without much appreciation. Do it anyway. <laughs> this is what I would tell myself when you become a new believer. I'd say, listen, you're going to do a lot of carrying things, cooking things. Um, you're going to be hanging out with other people's kids a lot. That'll be fun. You're going to be, you know, free babysitter. You're going to be manual labor. You're going to do a lot of setting up, tearing down. I can't tell you how many men's breakfasts I've cooked for. I don't know how many pancake suppers that I've cooked for. I don't know how many times I've set up and tore down rooms and stages and all of that. Just, that's just normal, right? That's what it is to be a part of, of the body of Christ. We believe that here. One of our core values is that every member is a minister, right? Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.16, it, it basically says that, that God has placed each member where he wants us and that as each member functions in the gift that they have, the whole body grows until we're all perfected in love. <laughs> Unfortunately, it takes more than just one member of the body, right? One member of the body is going to get crushed. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, we believe that. Though. We believe, I believe that you're each called to serve, and I believe that we are the kind of church that believes not only in you, but we also believe in rolling up our sleeves and being the hands of God. All right, and that's why we give to local missions. That's why we 
um, we, we help each other. And we, you know, today after this, we're going to help carry some furniture out of a room in the back, you know, for, some, for a family. You know what I mean? Like we're, we roll up our sleeves and we, we will work together. That's just part of it, you know. Uh, let me show you something real quick here. Let's see if I can get this trusty whiteboard to... You know, when you watch big churches' services, they have somebody that does this. Just saying. <laughs> the pastor just says, hey, you bring me out my whiteboard. It just happens. Okay, this should be good, though. You guys will be able to see this. All right, so... You're going to do a lot of volunteering. You're going to do a lot of serving. You're going to do a lot of working. That's sort of how this thing is, is set up. This is a kingdom that's built on sort of flipping the script on how the world works. In, in the world, you guys kind of, I mean, just keep it super, super simple. All right. In the world, it sort of works like this. There's, there's the many, and, and they serve the few up at the top. You know what I mean? Here would be like the CEO and, you know, everybody sort of serves the interests of the, of the few at the top. All right, and this is nothing new. This is, like, if any, any of you have read that um, classic leadership book, The Servant, right? A lot of you have probably read that. We, I think we've even shared it here before, that in the kingdom, it's flipped like this, okay? So that when you come in, you're like a hungry baby bird and, you know, eating out of the nest and you need to be fed and it's, and it's, it's as you, work, as you grow and you work your way um, up in maturity and in, and in responsibility, you're continually working your way down here until you're serving everyone. Does that make sense? Do me a favor and just act like you're really into this illustration because it'll help me tremendously. Okay, so you get where I'm going with that, right? That in the world, uh, you strive to be at the top so that everybody's serving you. In the kingdom, our goal is to serve everyone, is to serve others. And the more, and that's a sign of spiritual maturity. Somebody recognizes good preaching when they hear it. All right, so, but here's how this is supposed to work. So that's it. Yes, we get it now. Now everybody is going to serve. I'm sure when I go out, all the volunteer slots will be filled up. Here's how this is supposed to work. What's supposed to happen is that, is that as people mature and, and grow... Um, they work their way down, and the base grows, you see? And so the base gets stronger and stronger, and that way it can support more people, and this grows and grows. But there's more and more. This tip is strong because it's strengthened. There are more and more people bearing the weight of serving everybody else. You get it? But, but here's what actually happens too often in the church is... It, it's it, is it, this starts to happen, okay? Where it it grows, you know. You you love my preaching, and so you're going to bring somebody back with you next week, and it will grow. But I'm still the only one try, moving my own easel and whiteboard around. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, if I'm still the only one, then all of this gets to be too much for me, and and he burns out. Okay, and this is why hundreds of pastors leave the ministry every month in the U.S. That's a real thing. Some people say as many as a, a thousand or more. 
but let's safely say a few hundred a week, are getting out of the ministry, and it's because of this. It's because this was, a, this was something that was designed to, have a, to be more like that, where there's a group of equals who are working together to serve the purpose of the greatest rescue mission of all time. These are the operatives down here, and that's how it's supposed to work. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. But it only works when we all understand that it's not about me. It's not about me. If we knew that when we became believers, that, that our goal is not to hang out up here, it's to work our way down to grow in maturity and love until we're serving everybody. You guys know this verse. This is exactly what I'm saying to you. In the kingdom, it isn't people up on top ruling oppressively. Instead, the greatest are the ones that serve everyone else. You can read that. Mark 10 on your own. Even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. Man, if that's our standard, if I'm called to be like Christ and to love the church the way Christ loved the church, I got a long way to go. Amen, Pastor. It's good, Pastor. It's really good. Number four, some of the people you meet in church are going to say some stupid things. Forgive them. I can already tell. Next point. I don't even have to say anything else. You all have had stupid things said to you in church, haven't you? Let's see what verse I got for this one. Okay. So uh, this started almost immediately for us. Okay, picture this. So I grew up in Pentecostal churches. All right, so I had, and I came, I grew up in the midst of a couple of revivals. You know what I mean? Like in my childhood, I experienced a couple different revivals, Toronto, Brownsville. And um, so I had seen some pretty wild stuff in church. Siobhan was unchurched, okay? We did not give her like a breaking in period. It was just from unchurched to holding the snakes, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We've never messed with snakes. If you're, a, if you're a guest here, I'm just teasing. We don't play with snakes. I've never even seen that. I don't even know if that's a real, I, I, apart from YouTube, I can't even tell you if that's a real thing. I've never experienced it, but she got thrown right into the deep end of like Holy Ghost type of stuff. And um, she handled it all right, but people, you know, and then, you know what's a great way that the because here's the whole thing. People say stupid things to you, and then what happens? You get offended, offended. And what happens when there's offense? I'm making this up right now. There's offense. Literally, offense goes up. What a stupid, what a dumb illustration. <laughs> Has anybody else said that before? I don't know if I've heard that, offense. Like, offense builds offense. 
Sounds like something that uh, Stephen Furtick would say or something. But yes, it, it really does. And, and here's a great way, because basically that's the goal. That's the goal of the enemy is for, to create rifts, to create offenses, to create uh, chasms between us and the Father. That's it. And one of the ways he does that is by trying to separate you from the body. Okay? Because like, you know, I don't have to go to church to be saved. Yeah, I get it. You know, I get it. But, you, but we're supposed to be helping the body to grow and be perfected in love. If you're not, somebody else is picking up that slack. So don't, don't act like you're doing the world a favor, you know, by they, were too, they couldn't handle my truth. I was too real for that last church. So now I'm, I'm, I'm waking up at Bedside Baptist, you know, having my, my Holy Ghost cornflakes in the morning and reading my Bible at home. Like, I don't need a church. <laughs> we're supposed to be part of a body placed in it where God has placed us. We're supposed to be ministering, okay? We're supposed to be helping each other to be healthy and growing and full of love. You can't do that if you're separated from the body. But here's what happens. If the devil can create an offense, it's very easy to separate you from the body. And you know what one of the best ways for him to get in? Your kids. You know what I'm saying? I want to use this thing more. I feel like one of those, like, one of the ways he gets in is through your kids, okay? <laughs> and you're like, what? It's like Terry Bradshaw. See, what he's going to do is, we're going to have these three guys right here, and we're going to come around. There you go. Touchdown. Yeah, your kids, if he can get in, you know, somebody say something about my wife's kids. She's ferocious. She's terrifying. Uh, God help you. God help you when a mama bear has decided her cubs are not safe around you. I'm scared. Don't. I'm scared of her right now, and she's not even here, all right? I'm serious. Like, I can let stuff go. It's like, okay, yeah, your kid knocked my kid down. It's like, I get it, it's kids. But, like, Siobhan will burn your house to the ground. She will burn that bridge between us, and we'll never speak of it again. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's a very easy way for you to permanently erase your relationship with my wife, say something dumb about our kids. Say something about, about how Noble's being, making a little too much noise for you. You know what I mean? Tell her about how her seven-year-old autistic son should be raised. Go ahead. Please give us parenting tips. Please tell us about how we could get him to be better in public. I, I, I'm sure you got all the answers. I would love to hear this. You know, one of my rules in life, I've been making this like like, never again list. There are things I'm just never going to do again. Yesterday, I got pitched a multi-level marketing business. It's been a little while, but I'm like, no, no, that's on the list. That's like one of those things, I'm never doing it again, never trying it again. I don't care what you call it. I don't care what the pitch is. It's just on the list. I'm never going to do that again. You know, another thing I'm going to try to never do, give other parents advice. Forget it. They'll be fine. Like, that's my advice now. People are like, oh, gosh, what do you think we ought to do? You'll be all right. 
You'll be, you'll be all right. I, there's no one right answer. You'll be all right. You're their parent. You got this. If you screw it up, it's fine. We can have more kids. That's why you have so many. You get a couple freebies. You try a couple things. If it doesn't work out, well, you know, there's always, there's always the little one. This says, uh, Luke, <laughs> Luke 17 says this. Okay, it's so, he, Jesus wanted us to be so mindful not to let offense get in between us and our brothers and sisters. He, even, he mentioned a couple different things. One, he's like, listen, when you see your, your, the people you care about going the wrong way, be mindful about it. And if you see them going the wrong way, cry out and, and correct them. I'm not saying give parenting tips, but I mean like if you see somebody who's just making wrong choices, they're spiraling, we care about them, we love them, so we're going to say, hey, listen, what's going on? Can we talk about this? Like, I, is this true? Like, why? What's, what's happening? Talk to me about it. Let's talk about it. And it says if there's repentance on his part, forgive him. No matter how many times. I love this. Because it's like I could tell they're there asking dumb questions. Well, Jesus, wait, but, but, what about, but what about when it's the second time that day? And he's like, no, no, it's just you forgive him. And then somebody else, well, okay, wait a minute, though. I had a guy three times in one day. He did the same exact, I kept catching him. Every time I go around my shop, I'd see him trying to steal from me. Three times in one day. Jesus like, forgive him. And, so, and then everybody else, oh, wait, 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 wait. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. No matter how many times in one day your brother sins against you, if he says, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm changing, forgive me, you got to forgive him every time. This is easier said than done. I'm not, I'm not up here saying, like, this is easy. I'm just saying it was so important that we learn how to let stuff go that, that he made a special point to, like, to exaggerate it. Do you know what I mean? He exaggerated it by saying it doesn't matter... You know, if it's seven times seven times 77, no matter how many times he's saying, it doesn't matter. We've got to let this stuff go. We cannot allow offenses to get in amongst us. One of our, now this is like a Picasso, one of our core values is that we will be a voice of encouragement and support. We're, we build people up here. We're not here to tear people down. Another one of our core values is that uh, we will inspire people with our words. We will point them to the source, not back to their problem. Okay, we want to lift people's heads up to the source of their solution. That's what we are here for. Another one of our core values says, we will defend unity at all costs. That's what we believe as a church because we know that when an offense comes in, Fences go up. There's a title. There's a title of a sermon. And please, I, I don't want to make it seem like this is a bigger thing. It really is. This is a bigger one than I'm even, I'm joking, I'm making jokes. But you're going to get offended. I'm going to offend you. I say stupid stuff all the time. I, I swear to you, it's, it's, there's two things. One, I think I'm hilarious. And so I'm always, and I have a pretty quick wit, and so often I'll, you know, I'm just trying things. I'll try a little thing here, try to make people laugh. You know, it's just a joke. 
but those little jokes aren't run through the normal security process that the other things that come out of my mouth are. You know, normally, all my, the things I say, they got to go through TSA. You know what I mean? They're checked for security, and they're, they're, they got a history check, and we're checking IDs. We're making sure everything is okay. We're not going to offend anybody. Then we put that out in the world. But when you're joking off the cuff, you can say things that are really stupid and really hurtful uh, without thinking about it. And uh, so that happens, and then so that's one thing. And then couple that with the fact that I have a horrible memory. I mean, it's terrible. I can't remember people's names. I can't remember significant events that have happened to them or even to me. Listen, I'm not, you guys need to pray for me. I'm not, I'm not kidding here. It's bad. Like, I'll say something to my wife about um, a relative. And she's like, baby, they died two years ago. You know what I mean? I'm horrible. Like, if I wasn't there at the funeral or something, it just, it's like it doesn't register with me. You know what I mean? It's like I can't, I can't, almost can't fathom that they're not here or whatever. Or naming my own nieces and nephews is like, if I can pull it off, it's like, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? But most days, can't do it. No way. If, if you put a timer on right now and I had to name all my nieces and nephews, I don't think I could do it. The pressure would break me. <laughs> you would have to help because I, I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it. I'm, I'm terrible. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that to say this. I say dumb stuff. I don't try to, and I never want to hurt people's feelings. I mean, that it kills me if I think I've hurt someone. You know what I mean? So it doesn't mean that I won't feel bad about it after, but I probably will say something that will offend you at some point. I probably already have. Most of you in this room, you've probably been offended by me more than once. Maybe you even didn't hang around me for a while after that. You know what I mean? Maybe it took a while, and now you're back or whatever. That that could happen, all right? That could happen. I just, I just pray that we're gracious with each other just as we would want people to be gracious with us. That's, I'm going to call that, so this new thing I'm coming up with, I think I'm calling it like the platinum rule or something. What do you think? Platinum rule. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. Patented TM, Chris Jane. I really wish the internet was working because I feel like this is all good stuff. It's wasted. It's just being wasted. All right. Here's a good one. If you could save your own soul, you'd have done it already. Stop trying. One person in this house appreciates good preaching. No, if you could save your own soul, you'd have done it already. You can't. How many have figured that out already? Even if you say you have, you know, every time I turn around, I'm trying to save my own soul. I'm trying to earn it. But let's keep it real simple. It is either grace or it is works. It is not both. It is not yes and. It's either man that does the saving or it's God that does the saving, and that's it. Can we agree on this? never going to earn God's favor. It's done. You just got to give it up. Just give up. Like James Brown's, give up. Give on up. Give up. I can't do the little feet thing or I would do it. Um, you know, I feel like uh, God's really been teaching me about grace the last couple of weeks. Um, 
somebody gave me, it's like I had some questions about it. Somebody gave me a book about it. Then Jody had found these great sermons about it I've been listening to. It's like this whole last couple weeks have been just grace, grace, grace. And I will be honest with you. I didn't know about grace. I'm still figuring out grace. Haven't figured it out yet but I'm, I'm getting closer, and I love it more and more all the time. It's amazing. I highly recommend you give it a try. Grace is good stuff, okay? And, we, and we're going to, believe me, this is, this is something we're going to continue to talk about because every time I get up here and address you, I want it to do one of, one of four things, right? Either to help you to know God, help you to find freedom, to help you to discover your purpose, and to make a difference. That's it. I, I, that's what I want for you. Come on. That's what I want for you guys. And to this morning, this is a lot about finding freedom. I want to set you free from a lot of crap that just hangs on and hangs on. All right? You don't have to do anything to earn God's favor. It's unmerited. You're not going to earn it, okay? You're not going to lose it. There's nothing you can do that will make him love you more than he does right now. There's nothing you could do that would make him love you less. You believe me the first thing, but you don't believe the second one. You still think you're in control. I'm sorry. I'm not just looking at you guys. You still think that you're in control. Don't you? I mean, you kind of know that it was God that did the saving, but in the back of your mind... You could, you could lose it. You could screw it up. You could miss it. I had, the, I had the most terrifying dream that everyone else got raptured but me. used to have that dream a lot as a kid, but I hadn't had it in a while. But it was like everyone else was gone, and I had missed it. You know? Is there anything more scary than everyone else you loved? They did the right thing, but I screwed it up. I screwed it up, and now I'm stuck. It's a lie. It's a lie. You can let it go. There isn't anything you can do to lose your salvation. All right? You, you aren't in control of it. You're not earning it. You didn't earn it to begin with. You're not going to earn it now. Okay? And that's not cheap grace. All right? That's what people would say. Well, that's, you're making grace cheap. No. It cost a king his life. It's the most valuable thing there is. It's not cheap. It's valuable. Just like, it's not you. grace. <laughs> uh, for it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him, Ephesians 2. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Don't you love the Passion Translation? Isn't that so good? Listen, would you guys do me a favor? Just make a note of this verse. Over the next months, we, you're, we're going to come back to this. I want this so memorized in you that no matter what somebody says to you through the day and you start questioning your salvation, you know, your, your boss, he comes back in the room one more time and you're like, you know what, I'm not sure if I'm even saved, you know. <laughs> that coworker says the wrong thing on the right day and... You know, <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saved. No, I want you to just memorize this. 
okay? And this, is, this one's just a bonus, I think. This is a bonus one. Last thing I would tell myself as a new believer. Y'all get anything out of this today? Getting something out of it? Good. Good. Oh, could, we, could, you, could, we each, could we each bring somebody with us next week so that you're not responsible for bringing me all this energy by yourself? If you bring somebody with you, I'll pick on them. Like instead, it will let you off the hook. It's like the army, you know what I mean? You want out, you got to get one in. You know, so let's see if we can fill this place up. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it's, if it's good, and, and listen, okay, here it is. It's going to feel like nobody wants to hear about Jesus. But you've got to find a way to share him anyway. It is going to feel, it sometimes feels, like no one wants to hear about Jesus, doesn't it? It's not cool to believe in God right now, is it? There's a lot of things that are cool. Believing in our God, the Father of Jesus, is like, that's not one of the cool things, right? A lot of hurtful and harmful things have been carried out in the name of people who, you know, said they were following Christ. You know, a lot of harmful things have been done by people who who said they were Christians. I've hurt a lot of people. So, you know, I mean, it just happens. No matter what you believe, I'm serious. We have way more in common not just us in this room, us in this world, us in this town, we have way more in common than we do differences. That's a fact. I mean, we, we're in this like specific little area of the planet at the same time in history. I mean, we have so much in common. And I think what the world needs is more faith, hope, and love. Amen? The world needs it. Romans 10 is so good. It says this, how can people call on him? It says this first, before this part, listen to this, it says this. It's true that everyone who calls in the name of the Lord Jesus will be rescued and experience new life. Wow. It just says that. Just right there it says, it says, it's true that everyone, who's that? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be rescued and experience new life. It says, it's true that everyone that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be rescued and experience new life. It says, it's true that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be rescued and experience new life. It says it's true that everyone who, ex- who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be rescued and experience new life. It says that. But then it says this. But how can people call on him for help if they've not yet believed? And how can they believe if, if in one they've not yet heard of? And how can they even hear the message of life if there's no one there to proclaim it? And how can the message be proclaimed if messengers have yet to be sent? I think he has sent messengers. I think I'm staring at a room full of messengers. And there's a world full of lost, hurting people out there that they only have one answer. And, you know, it may not be cool in this world we're living in right now to believe in God or to be a follower of Christ. But you know what I think is pretty cool? 
I think it's pretty cool that we get to meet like this every week. I think in a world where we live like this, and it's noise, and it's bombarding, and it's noise, you know what I think is cool? Being able to turn that off for two hours on a Sunday morning and be able to think about life. You know what I mean? We are all in this... You know what we have in common? We live in the same space at the same time in, in history, and we're all just trying to figure out this thing called life. We got way more in common than we do differences. I know a lot of people that would benefit not just from hearing the good news of the gospel, but from having a set-aside time each week that they were going to just reflect. How cool would that be in this hyper-digital, hyper-communication age? How cool is it to push pause on that and take a couple hours to just think about stuff? How many of you know people that could benefit from that? They need to be here next week. Remember this? Nobody wants to go to a children's choir concert thing. Nobody. Nobody but the kids. The kids probably didn't even want to go. They came because they were invited. They came because they were invited. No other reason. They didn't suddenly feel like, ah, and they were just transported over to our little church. It didn't happen like that. They didn't like suddenly turn into our building because the, like the Spirit was on them. They didn't see that the lights were on and just come up. They came because they were invited. They came because they were invited. Some people that you know need to hear this because they're going to hell without it. They're going to spend, as easy and free as that gift of salvation is that I told you about, you can never lose it. You can't earn it. It's free. You know how many people don't have it? It's the simplest, most affordable, best decision you could ever make. And there are millions of people around us who don't have it. Nobody's telling them about it. And they're going to be separated from God from all eternity unless they're told. We have an opportunity to be part of the greatest rescue mission of all time. You do. It's not on me. I'm doing my part. They came because someone invited them. They'll come. They'll come if you invite them. Just on a just on a, on, a, on a mild amount of, like, family pressure, 300 people came in here to, to watch some kids sing. Just on, like, the, just the littlest bit of, like, hey, you should really, you should come. If you ask them, they'll come. I mean, not everybody, but remember the point. Remember why we're inviting them. They need to hear this good news because they're lost without it. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
Well, I feel pretty good about this morning. I feel like I could put my name on, on it, sign it. That's a, that's a job well done. Gave you guys some good truth this morning that I wish I could tell myself 20 years ago. Hope you take it out there and put it to use. We're going to pray and, and be dismissed. I'd love you guys just to stand with me. We're going to pray this together, and, and then, you know, we will dismiss, and, and you can go on about your day, but you don't have to. We're not kicking you out of this space by any means. Lately, I felt like I'm the only one who struggles because nobody's needed prayer for anything. But this whole space is here for you. We, I got up early this morning and made sure all everything was in the computer, made sure the lights were working, made sure that the bathrooms were clean. We made sure that all of this was ready for you because we, we think that much of you. We love you and we want to provide this, this space and this time for you. So you don't have to go anywhere. You can, you can chat with someone about what's going on in your life. You can encourage somebody, pray for somebody. We're here to pray with you or talk with you. This altar will be open and we're here. We're here to help. So this space is yours. Um, and that's how it's always going to be. Everything that you see here is here because some of the most generous people that I've ever met gave and worked and built and painted and hung drywall and ripped out drop ceilings and built stages. And it's all here for you. So I want you to just, I want you to feel that way. This is here for you. It's yours. And um, I just encourage you, don't leave if you've got a need. Uh, don't leave if you want to be a blessing to somebody else who has a need. All right? But let's, uh, let's pray. Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. Thanks, and have a blessed week.